I'm a 15-year-old male, but I was around 7 years old at the time this happened. It's hard to remember things from when I was that young, and I still do have PTSD from the entire thing. Before I tell you the whole story of what happened that day, though, I have to explain how we even found ourselves in such a situation in the first place. My dad was the kind of guy who, when he sets his mind on something, he just had to do it, and there was no talking him out of it. I know it really annoyed my mom, but she always supported him on all his ventures anyway. You know, the power of love or whatever. Because of this, when my dad said he wanted to buy a farm and grow some wheat for a living, my mom was not completely shocked. My dad had saved up a lot of money from his old job as a car salesman, and he already had a house picked out for us as well. My mom only told me very recently that she was frustrated my dad didn't even take into consideration how she would feel about it. The day after he suggested it to her, they listed the old house for sale, and it sold relatively quickly. Mom and Dad only had a couple of weeks to pack up the home they had lived in throughout their whole marriage. My mom said that when we got to the farm, it was just a total disaster. The house was in shambles, there was dust everywhere, and the land looked like it had been a place for BMX bikers to ride or something, with tracks and hills everywhere. Over the course of a few months, my dad had managed to level all the fields and partially fix up the house before running out of all the savings he'd had. My mom had no idea at the time that they were completely broke, but she figured something was up when all her expensive jewelry started to go missing. She found out later he had sold it to pay for the huge tractor he bought. My mom started to become unhappy in the marriage and felt like all dad cared about was his dreams and never hers. She continued to put on a brave face though for me and basically just sucked it all up. My dad worked all day and night in those fields to prepare for the crops he had planned to eventually grow, but there was always seeming to be something preventing him. The soil wasn't nutrient dense enough, there wasn't enough direct sunlight, the neighbor's goats keep wandering into our fields, not enough daylight to sow the seeds, etc, etc. Eventually, my mom gave him an ultimatum. Start the crops within a week or we were moving back into the city and he would get a proper job again. She really hated being on that farm and she knew he was a big time procrastinator, so she figured he'd never do it. And we'd be back in the city where life would be good again within about a month. With complete shock and utter disappointment though, she found she was wrong. He got straight to work the next day, tilling the earth to prepare for seeding. She had been hoping he would recognize her desperation to escape that place and finally put her feelings first, but of course she was wrong. After three days, he began to sow the seeds. He was out in the middle of the field that day when his tractor stopped working. Mom could see it smoking from where she was standing inside the house, so she called out to him to ask if everything was okay. He yelled from across the field and assured her everything was good. Mom told me to go outside and see if he needed some help. I walked out to the fields towards my dad and asked him if he needed me to do anything. He told me he was going to check the tractor for anything that needed fixing and told me I could sit in for a while if I wanted to watch while he did his thing. Of course, I said yes. 
I was a seven-year-old kid. What kid that age wouldn't want to sit in a tractor? My dad helped me climb up, and for the next 15 or so minutes, I sat there looking at all the levers and buttons while my dad looked around for the problem that was causing it to malfunction. He told me not to touch anything while I sat there, and I did keep my promise for the time being. I guess, though, I'd accidentally pulled one of the levers, and I felt the tractor lurch backward quickly in one swift motion. My dad grunted, and I heard a loud thud. I didn't really know what just happened. I hopped out of the tractor and looked back, only to see half of my dad's body pinned underneath. He was still aware and talking, and told me to go get my mom. I ran as fast as I could back to the house and burst through the door. At seven years old, I had no idea how to contain my emotions in a time of emergency. I had tears running down my face. The best way my mom could describe how I sounded was a crying, mumbling mess. I was trying so hard to say what happened, but the words just wouldn't come out. Instead of talking, I pointed outside toward the tractor. She seemed to understand it was something urgent, having to do with my dad. My poor mom was struggling to get over to him. The ground was heavily broken up from the tractor tilling, and she kept falling in her attempt to get there. By the time she finally did, I saw her drop to her knees. I made my way over too. My dad was telling her everything was going to be okay, while she cried leaning over him. She kept on saying how she couldn't live without him, and he needed to survive. He had begun to not make much sense with his words. Even I could tell at that age he was trying to say he loved her. My mom, determined to save his life and not thinking logically, got in the tractor and managed to drive it off of him. Unfortunately, that only made it worse. His lowered body was a complete mangled mess and he was bleeding all over the ground. From what I could see, his legs were completely flat and all his bones were sticking out of his flesh. My mom told me to look away and to tell my dad I loved him. I had no idea what to do. I couldn't speak and no matter how I tried, I couldn't look away either. That day, my dad took his last breath, and soon after, my mom rushed inside to call the police. When the paramedics got there, they told my mom there was nothing anyone could have done to save him. My mom tried telling me ever since that his death wasn't my fault. I was just a child, but for all the years I've gone through, and all the therapy I pushed myself through, I know in my heart that I killed my dad that day. Me and my mother were driving through our small town in southwest Virginia. My mother and father are divorced, and he lived in Tennessee. Anyway, they had very different viewpoints on helping out hitchhikers, as my dad was very much into hiking, camping, etc. As we were driving along, I noticed there was a woman walking down the road. Mind you, it was very hot outside because it was summertime. I noticed she was carrying a child swaddled up in a blanket too. That kind of struck me as a poor choice, considering it was the middle of summer. It seemed way too warm for such a swaddle. I turned to my mom and said this, I think we need to pick that woman up. Surely she isn't far from where she needs to go. I mean, she has a baby. To my surprise, my mom pulled over into the gas station parking lot and told me to get in and grab a large bottle of water. 
we would then ask the woman if she needed a ride. So we pull out of the gas station and approach this thin, almost sickly looking woman. She very quietly grabbed the door handle and got inside, not saying anything at all, not even a simple thank you. That didn't really sit right with me because this is the South and everyone at least is polite and approachable for the most part. We asked where she was heading to and me being the passenger seat, I turned around to look at her. She was looking down at her baby, cooing at it gently. She replied without even looking up from the swaddled being, about two miles past the Dollar General on Jeb Stewart. We were very close to that area. I decided to turn around fully and speak to the woman, maybe get a proper conversation going. As I got a better look at her baby though, I realized it was actually a drywall hammer wrapped up in a blanket, then wrapped inside another blanket. I froze. It was like I just walked into a deep freezer. I told my mom I really thought we should stop because I heard what sounded like knocking. I was very adamant that we needed to stop at the upcoming Dollar General and check on our car. As we pulled in, I told my mom to get out and that I needed her help locating the noise. We met each other at the hood of the car, which I popped up so the woman inside couldn't see us. Mom, that's not a baby. She has a hammer in there. My mother advised me we should walk inside to see if they had anything to help close that up. We told the woman we would be right back. We walked inside and told them to call the police so they could come help this woman with whatever she needed. We could no longer have her in our vehicle. When we got back, my mom gave her some vague reason as to why we could not take her any further. She got out of the vehicle very angry, almost confused. We sped off before she could react though and left her in the parking lot. I guess she very well could have been a really confused woman with some mental issues. I don't know exactly what was going on, but I do know that I don't think she had any good intentions for us. I grew up with my dad and brother. My mom died when I was 10. I was 13 at this point, and my brother was 16. He was out with some friends that night. I myself used to go out until late, late into the night and drink in the park with my friends. My dad was a severe alcoholic and always too drunk to even know if I was home or not. Because of this, I had free reign, and no rules or boundaries existed for me. My dad even used to invite random alcoholics and drug-using strangers into the home. Often, when I came back, these strangers would still be there, and my dad would be passed out or asleep from having too much alcohol. Usually, they would barely even notice I was there, and I'd go straight to my room. One day though, I'd just come back from hanging out with some friends. It was the early hours. I walked through the living room to go upstairs to my room, only to find my dad asleep in the armchair. The guy he'd brought back was some random guy, around his mid-fifties or so. I didn't recognize him at all. He looked at me though, and immediately I could tell something was off about this guy. He smiled and stared and tried to start a conversation with me. I was just keen to get to my bedroom. I rushed upstairs and got my pajamas on for bed. 
then dashed out to use the bathroom. As I was running, the man caught me and said, You look nice in those pajamas. He was smiling at me and really creeping me out. I twisted out of his grip and went back to my room instead of using the bathroom. I shut the door behind me. I had a lock on my bedroom door, and you bet I used that right away. Almost immediately after I'd locked it, he began trying to pry open my bedroom door. I was so scared. I knew something was wrong with this guy. He had bad intentions. I dragged my bed all the way across the room just to block the door, just in case he managed to get it open or broke the lock somehow. At this point, he started to knock on the door instead. I'm just trying to say hello, sweetie. Don't be so rude. Open the door for me. I didn't respond. I was panicking now. For all my bad decisions, I was a pretty smart 13-year-old, and I knew I was in some serious danger. The bed was blocking the door, and it was still locked as well. I could hear him slamming against it with his whole body, trying to get inside. I opened my bedroom window and screamed outside, Help! Help me, please! What I later found out was that one of my neighbors had heard me, and knowing my dad was an alcoholic, he assumed something must have happened to him. He came around, must have seen my dad was asleep. He then came up to my room. The man outside fled, and my neighbor began knocking to get in as well. I could hear his voice, a voice of safety. Although I trusted my neighbor, I was so shaken up that all I could do was sit in the corner of my room in a ball, crying, shaking, and panicked. He knocked on the door and was pushing against it to open it against the weight of my bed. Eventually, he did manage to get it open and gently checked up on me, assuming I must have been hurt by my dad or something. He held me while I composed myself and tried to explain what had happened. The man was long gone. I knew he could come back at any time in the future, though. My dad was never sober enough for me to have been able to explain what happened. That was the final straw for me. I alerted social services, and that's the night I ended up in the care system. I ended up living with my auntie until I was 16, so in the end, I suppose I got it much easier than most. This story is something I still think about from time to time, and it really creeps me out. I'm writing this to sort of get it off my chest. Two, almost three years ago, I was 17 years old. At this point, I was accustomed to being in horrible situations, as all I had was my mother, and she couldn't hold down a job for long. She had her own issues to tackle. And so, as I grew up, we stayed in and out of roommates' houses. We never really had a place of our own to stay, except for maybe twice. That didn't last long either. We'd always be forced into a new environment, with almost a snap of a finger. When I was 17, we were led into a situation where we were going to be homeless again. I was used to it at this point, as I had slept in the street far more often than I'd like. The day came when we had to leave our roommate's home. My mom was able to stay at her boyfriend's trailer, but I had nowhere to go. I had no friends at this point. I had halted my friendships because they were either bad for my health and mental state or were overall toxic. 
My mom offered for me to go with her, but I didn't want to. Her boyfriend was kind of weird, plus I was used to the street anyway. I didn't think it was bad as it was at the time. I got dropped off at McDonald's. I ate some burgers before I went off to the streets once more. Eventually the sun fled, and darkness was all that remained. I looked for a place to sleep for the night. I went into many places that night, trying to sleep, but none of them were working. It was either too hot, the lights would be too bright, or mosquitoes would bite me. That's when I remembered a house I used to go to to chill in. This house had been under construction and was nearly finished. Because of this, all the doors shut properly and the windows were settled as well, so there were no mosquitoes swarming around. I went through the back like always and made my way upstairs. Eventually, I settled in the bathroom because there was less debris on the floor. I laid down and tried to get some sleep. I started to hear some sounds downstairs, but I didn't really give it too much thought. I figured maybe it was the door I'd come through swinging open and closed or something. Eventually, after laying there for maybe an hour or so, I opened my phone and started to look at old photos of my life, thinking about how messed up it was I'd gotten to this point, how I'd lost everything. These strange noises were still happening this entire time. Eventually, for whatever reason, I got up and went to sit down on the back porch. I just couldn't sleep at all. I made my way down the stairs and out the back door. I was messing around for maybe five minutes on my phone when it happened. By pure coincidence, I saw movement to my left from the back door I'd just exited from. I glanced over and it was like time itself had frozen. At first, I thought it was just an illusion, but that was wrong. I could see a man hiding in the darkness, peering past the wall inside to gaze at me. The lower half of his figure was behind the wall entirely, and I couldn't make out much of anything but his upper body. The rest of his body was leaning to the left, peeking from behind this wall, almost like the man was trying not to let me see him. He was almost a pure black silhouette. I couldn't make out any features of his face. After noticing him, I just sat there and stared at him for what felt like forever. I expected him to come outside and try to talk to me or something. I normally talk to a lot of homeless people, and I thought maybe this man was just homeless like me. He didn't move at all though. He was as still as a statue and quiet as a mouse. Maybe he didn't even know I'd noticed him. He just kept on staring at me the entire time. Eventually, after staring at him, I got up and got my bicycle and made my way out of the property. As I was walking out of the backyard, I peered back through the window. The moonlight revealed the man was still there, watching me walk out of the property. I could tell because the moonlight revealed the top of the man's head and I saw his eyes gazing at me. He appeared to be a white male who was very tall and had a jacket of some sort on. After seeing this, I moved a little faster to get out of there. I got to the front of the house on the street and looked inside to see if I could see him better. I couldn't see him, but I could still feel him watching me. I waved goodbye to the house to signify I was leaving, just in case he still was. For the rest of the night, I couldn't properly sleep. I tried two different spots, but both were no luck. And that's where my story ends. 
I know it didn't have a crazy chase or a fight to the death with the man or anything like that, but this is real life and not like movies or books. I don't know what the man was doing there. Maybe he was just trying to sleep like I was, but then why was he making all that noise and staring at me for so long? It was just very unnerving. It makes me wonder how long that man was in the house for and what would have happened if I'd actually fallen asleep. Would he have just stared at me while I was sleeping, completely blinded to his presence, or did he have other intentions? I never stayed long enough to know, but now I don't go to houses like that anymore, at least not after this experience. 